come with us. Come and remember the magic. What's up, all you rad dudes and dudettes? Welcome to 90s Disney, your one-stop shop for everything about Disney in the 90s. I'm your host, AJ Minotti, joined once again by my brothers, Mike Minotti. Bon appetit. And Chris Minotti. Oh, yes, and we are hungry. <laughs> wow, with the... <laughs> with, with the, the Nutty Professor 2 reference <laughs> not, right it, off the it's bat. Not 90s, it's not Disney or 90s. Like, you know what? Well, oh, I'll allow it. it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Fair Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 16 of our Sweet merry 16. little show. Wow. Hard to believe. Just plugging along. 16. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're there. So I uh, hope you all enjoyed last month's episode about the infamous rocket rods and other infamous attractions in our bonus episode. Uh, this month, we are changing gears and doing something we've never done on this show. We're going it's pro- to dinner. Probably one of our more <laughs> yeah. favorite topics. Probably the too. thing we know the know. most it's about. Like, when it's casual conversation, it's certainly what we talk about the most anymore. It's like, what about this Russian? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly does come up. And what's your favorite Russian that starts with the letter M? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's think about it. <laughs> Mesa Grill. Is that even a thing? No, Mesa Grill. That's, that's, that's Vegas. Vegas, that's Vegas Bobby Flay. So, we are going to go back to May of 1995, and a little bit before that, too, to talk about one of the first, well, really second, I think, uh, signature restaurants that we ever experienced, the California Grill, high atop Disney's Contemporary Resort. With first being Narcusis? Uh Uh-huh. You're right. Look at you paying attention. May 1995, (laughs) on May 23rd. The final episode of Full House aired yeah. until yeah. Fuller House I came love, to Netflix. Me, I love Full House. Oh, we watched that show religiously. My now. wife is really, she still watches Full, like that's her office right now, Fuller House. It's on repeat. I've never actually seen a second I guess of it. I guess she's like from laundry away, whatever, Fuller House is on her phone. Uh, more tragically, on May 27th, Christopher Reeve uh, had his horse riding accident that left that him paralyzed. that was early. Yeah, 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 crazy, right? The number one song, for once I know what this song is. <laughs> This is how we do it, but Mount Pelier Jordan. Do it. I would have thought it's that Friday song night. was way older, than right? That, to be completely honest, like, I don't know if you realize this, but at some point in the last like seven years, the '90s became the '80s. Yeah, it's very. <laughs> I guess that's 25 years ago, but man, I thought that. Okay, here we are. And on May 18th, the movie Braveheart. Ah, very never nice. seen Braveheart. What? I've never seen Braveheart either. I have, and you two haven't. Apparently, my you see it. With, well, with our friend Dan. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> that explains it. Yeah, <laughs> if you know. And on May 15th is when the California Girl opened, but you have to go back in time to the opening of the Walt Disney World Resort 1971, when atop the contemporary was a place known as the Top of the World Restaurant and Lounge. This was the kind of uh, premier destination for adults to visit. At the end of the day, back when the Magic Kingdom closed at 6 o'clock at night. And um, it was very much had this kind of ritzy, kind of almost cheesy looking today. A lot of mirrors, a lot of red lighting. It's really neat watching the videos on YouTube of this when it first opened. And it is, it's very classy compared to what it is now. If you, if whatever you're imagining this may have looked like, it's probably what it looks like. A big gaudy, lots of reds, dark reds and black colors. Unnecessary mirrors. Exactly. You know, live entertainment, music, there's a little bandstand. Uh, they would up it a little bit in the 80s. In June of 1981, they uh, introduced the idea of Broadway at the Top. Now, this was uh, a, a show that they did that was kind of a review of all the hits of Broadway at the time, Evita and uh, things like that. Uh, actually, you guys probably remember uh, in that Christmas at uh, Magic, at Walt Disney World video that we used to watch all the oh, time as yeah. kids. That if you're if you're listening to the show, you probably saw this video. Um, they talked about uh, Broadway at the top when they did the original version of the Holly Jolly Holiday Show that we later saw down in the, the conference rooms, rooms downstairs. Yeah. yeah, in the ballrooms. But that I guess that show did debut as part of Broadway at the top because really? it, wow. it always confused me. Because like, I can remember being a little older watching that video, and they talked about Broadway at the top. I was like, that's where California Grill is. Like, how did they do that? 
not realizing know. it was a different restaurant, yeah. you know, prior. Because they used to have like a stage and everything. So that may, and I can see why when it turned into California Grill and they still wanted to do that show, they just moved it into the ballroom. Oh, that, I think the show that we well, saw is very different. I mean, I, I mean yeah, I'm sure. Too. But, you know, the idea of let's do a Christmas show here. Well, like in my mind, when we went to that in the 90s, it was, I mean, the whole area was taken up with tables and the performance and everything. <clears throat> for yeah. the Christmas show, yeah, so I don't yeah. see how it would fit now. No, yeah, like I said, mean, they're a very still. different experience. Just that 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 song, those holly jolly jolly yeah. holidays. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, so yeah, that all lasted until September of 1993. Pretty long run. When wait, it was wait, you forgot about one thing. I just oh. think it's so interesting. What's that? The uh, the lamb chop lady had a show up. Oh there. yeah, you you've been dying to talk uh, about I, this all night. It's I'm just sorry. so crazy to me. And there's a video yeah, of it on YouTube. Lot, there's a lot of celebrities who would go there. And the, who was her name, Chris? The lamb Sherry chop. Lewis. You've been, you, Chris was so. It's, it, Chris I was, was really insulted, enthralled by this knowledge. Chris was really concerned. Like we had to make sure you have to remember her name. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's so neat to see. It, it just blows no. my mind. Yeah, because to me, it's there. like she's like a child's, you know. uh like entertainer, you know, she, yeah. entertainer. she was up there with and like Mr. Rogers I think, for us. Yeah, you know? I mean, I think, I think like she became more well known for the children's show. I think at first it was just more of a kind of typical yeah. entertainment. Well, because she's entertaining, like we said, like you know, old older people in like suits and everything yeah. and dresses, and it's just funny to see. Right. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't risque entertainment, but no, 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 no. <laughs> lamb chop. <laughs> not at, not at Disney World in the eighties. <laughs> Did they do the song that never ends up there? Uh, I don't think so. Too bad. Otherwise, it would have still been they top still, of the yeah, world. They wouldn't <laughs> be able to close the place in 1993. <laughs> no. September. 1993 is when uh, Top of the World finally would close to be reimagined as the California Grill. But this is not the first California Grill. Gasp. I didn't even realize this. You have to go back to the construction of Euro Disneyland and uh, the opening of the Disneyland Hotel Paris, where in the resort's opening in 1992, they had their own California Grill. Uh, it's weird because it's a very Victorian design. Looks like it would have fit right in at the at the Grand, Grand Floridian. Or Grand Floridian. Or Grand Floridian. When I say Grand California. Too much Cal- well, California grill. Yeah. It's, it's on the tip. It's on. <laughs> Grand Floridian, yes. But it still had a kind of California style cuisine with a bit of a French twist to it. Uh, you know, they, they, they had a lot of French wines, but also a lot of Californian wines, which feels like that's something you wouldn't probably have seen too much of in France, yeah, especially in the early 90s. They probably looked at California wines or like me. Uh, yeah, right. It's hard put their to nose up to it. They were a big fan of that. But the cool thing is the view, because if you're familiar with how the Disneyland uh, Hotel Paris is situated, it, it's right at the entrance of the park. So the restaurant does have views right down Main Street in so, the park. So, yeah, because I've been there. I haven't been inside this uh, this restaurant, but you know who has? It's her father. Oh, and did I he wander in? I didn't realize that. I don't think he even, I don't know if it's still called the California Grill or if he knew at the time, but he no, was. No, I think it is, yeah. He was talking to me because he was waiting for me. Somebody was like, I was at this restaurant at the top of the, the hotel and it looked right out onto you know, Main Street. And oh, man. Must well, have been this. That's where he was. <laughs> he should have made it a point to go. That would have been neat. I, I didn't know it was yeah, a California Grill. Now you know. I was busy doing rides or something. So let's get into the uh, real California Whoa. Grill. Whoa, hey now. Suck it, People, France. all our French fans are furious. <laughs> we know we have some British fans, for a fact. Um, yeah, one. So this opened in May 15th, 1995, as we mentioned. Um, one of the drivers behind the, the opening of the restaurant was Vice President of Walt Disney World Food and Beverage Division, Dieter Hannig. Now, I know it's not pronounced Dieter, but this, this, his name is spelled like Dieter, which is a funny name for a guy But Dieter, not and Dieter. When he was forming this restaurant and the people who would run it, he made a very interesting decision that was not typical at other Disney restaurants, but I think is kind of the norm for the signature restaurants these days. He let them run it as if it were their own. This gave them a lot of control over things like the menu, the wine list. They didn't have to run every decision by another office outside of the restaurant every time they wanted to bring in new ingredients or change the menu or do anything, really. Um, and I think that contributes a lot to the restaurant's appeal and success. Well, because but before this, and I hope this isn't too up top, but like, you know, as we were growing up, and especially now, like dining is such a big deal at Disney. Like in the 80s and 70s, was it as big of a thing? No, I mean, there were certainly a couple of good places to go, you know, but it wasn't what it is today by any means. And I truly think you can trace the start of kind of the Disney dining experience as we know it 
to this restaurant. To this, I, I truly like, do feel yeah. that this I mean, is where maybe it really when Grand Floridian opened in like '89 with its signature restaurants too. Mm-hmm. Maybe that started things also. But yeah, I mean, half the trip for us nowadays is. You know, dining. Where are we gonna go? I I mean, what's like like, you think about like one of the biggest like Disney like YouTube channels is just Disney food blog, right? Right. Because that's like what some people are interested about now. So there are three key players to the opening of the California Grill, and we're gonna explore a little bit of the history of all three of them. First, you have head chef Clifford Plo. So Clifford, uh, or Cliff, as I I believe he typically goes by, as you know, as I know him, (laughs) yes, my good personal. Friend Chef Cliff. He hanging out at Cheers. With- <laughs> <laughs> uh, he became uh, interested in becoming a professional chef as a teenager, and he attended the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York, where he graduated in 1981. Uh, he went on to Boston from there, landed a job at the Ritz-Carlton, oh. where he worked up his way to the role of saucier. I know that the Ritz is fancy because people always, you know... Put the Ritz! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what a saucier is because you saw t- uh, ratatouille. So everyone, everyone, put your, your mean, ratatouille memories in it's, focus here as we talk to, about. To be sauce. fair, it's what you would probably guess. Yeah. He <laughs> makes the sauces, which it, it sounds kind of like lame, but yeah, it's actually a very That's important role in, a, in a fancy restaurant. It's all about the sauce. Come on, absolutely. The sauce is. Boss. I mean, look at Chick Fil A. <laughs> <laughs> So three years later, he would move out to California to the Claremont Resort as a sous chef. And it was kind of in California where he um, was kind of caught in what was, was, was becoming a new trend in the food out west to focus on fresh, locally sourced ingredients. I like how that became a trend. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it's, like, it's like whatever frozen garbage we can get from Iowa is good enough. But no, I mean, you, you laugh, but keep in mind, think, think about the 70s and 80s. There, there was this kind of like... Oh, we could just freeze this and send it anywhere. Yeah. How incredible. Like with no thought to, you know, cellular uh, um, degradation. Not even degradation. What's the word I want? Damage <laughs> caused by, you know, f- freezing and stuff. I actually saw a very interesting YouTube video on why flash freezing is actually great and regular freezing sucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was a big thing. Like, like you know, the, the whole idea of farm to table was kind of coming into its own at this time. Um, Laying that groundwork for garden grill. Exactly. Your oh, favorite very important word. <laughs> So he worked around at several high-end resorts out west, and then it was hired in 1991 to join the opening team for Euro Disney. And it was, in fact, Chef Cliff who worked on opening the California Grill at Disneyland Hotel Paris, along with 65 different themed restaurants on the same day across Whoa. the entire resort. In Disneyland in Paris? Yeah, I mean, Euro anything Disney? that served food. Wow. Basically, he had a hand in I didn't in realize it was that up. big to even have that many well, restaurants. You always hear Back Michael Eisner talk about one of the things they got really wrong at Euro Disney was they didn't have wine in the park. Yeah, they fixed that real quick. They did. Yeah, they're like, well, we don't have alcohol in Disneyland in the U.S. Like, no. <laughs> this, is <their laughs> exactly. this is France. They're going to want wine. But I do think they realized they had to at least get the food right. I mean, again, when you're going into France, there's certain expectations you have to meet. I think that was one of them, which is why they sought out, like, renowned resort chefs to come in and really set them up. But he didn't stay with Disney after the opening. He... he um. Went to Bradley Ogden's Lark Creek Inn in Marin County. Uh, and there, he again, continued to work directly with farmers and suppliers. And that's where he really continued to cultivate this idea of fresh um, ingredients and dishes. And what that did is it, his menus were always informed by what was available. It created a sense where it's not like a restaurant where you go in and like, well, here's our specials. It was always specials, basically. The menus constantly could change. So he's brought back to Disney in 1994. To open California Grill. Now, 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 was it his idea to do another California Grill? Or was I'm it not just quite like, sure okay, where that have, comes from. Do this I, I don't know if that's with Dieter. I mean, or, I'm sure that's a higher up decision. Yeah. For Dieter. Well, be my guess. I don't know why I'm calling him Dieter now. So during his tenure at uh, California Grill, he selected as a rising star by Wine Spectator and named one of the top 50 new tastemakers by Nation's Restaurant News. A dream come true, I'm sure. <laughs> well, look yes. at that. And uh, just, to, I, I had to bring this up, and you guys will laugh when you hear it if you haven't read it already. Uh, he received the uh, Nation Restaurant News Menu Masters Award <laughs> as a chef innovator in 2007, but more importantly, was named the Master of Taste. I knew it. By the American Academy right. of Taste. I think we've said the taste story yeah. before. We've told the taste story. Quick, quick version of it. At, at Hollywood Studios, we uh, got some beer at the uh, baseline, baseline tap house. Tap, tap house. We were drinking the beer, Some beer. at uh, at Rizzo's Pizza Place, and we were finishing it up, and I was like, oh, we're well, going to go do Star Tours now, because like, yeah, I'm like, 
Okay, good. Yeah, I want, I want to have like a little buzz for that. Chris thought that this was paramount to my, me saying Mike, that. Mike generated behavior. that he needed to be yeah. drunk to enjoy an attraction. And Chris thought that this, and I was disheartened Chris by thought this. this was pure evil. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Chris, you're overreacting. He called down. It was just a little side. I'm not saying I can't enjoy Star Tours unless I'm drunk. <laughs> but it turned into that drinking beer is, is only okay if you're drinking it for the taste. The taste. <laughs> so th- somehow it's became that we just call beer taste or how alcohol beverages are called taste. So yeah, the fact that this... Uh, this is the master of taste. <laughs> master My of new t- hero. We need to meet the master of taste. <laughs> <laughs> tell, and then you the bumped into some lady and dropped you beer. No, they, shortly after. AJ, they bumped into me. They did bump into you. <laughs> Kit bumped into me. Yes, okay. Very, yeah, very drink clear. for the taste, not for the effects. That's what go. Chris taught me that day. It's my motto. Remember it well. <laughs> <laughs> So the other uh, uh, person we're talking about, I was practicing this before recording. I'm going to screw up his last. Is that what you're frantically looking up? No, I, I, I did not look up. It's, I'm reading it. George Miliotis. <laughs> yes, I believe. Is, is that right, Miliotis? Okay, got it. Uh, he was brought in as the uh, general manager of the restaurant. Now George has a pretty cool story. His family owned a bunch of regional restaurants when he was growing up. Uh, the one was called Chris's House of Beef. Chris. Oh, man. I like this guy. And then they had a couple of Germanic delis around town though. called Mr. Dunderbacks. And he would work at these restaurants for his family, and he'd do little things to clean up and whatnot. And uh, I believe it was one of the Mr. Dunderbacks, although it's not quite clear from the interviews I've read, uh, where he was, would clean up wine bottles in a retail wine area of the restaurant. So, you know, you go into like some restaurants, they have like a little kind of mini wine shop within the restaurant. And he's just, you know, dusting off bottles. And he'd look at these bottles and think, like, well, these are interesting. Like, they're from all over the world. Um, you know, they have different artwork and all the, what all these years mean. And at 12, he just wanted to learn about wine just from the labels. It's not like he was, like, drinking the wine at age 12 or anything. Sure he, he was Yeah, right? Um, but he, he continued this, this, you know, working around food and restaurants. It was the family business. He, he, he kept this kind of background interest in wine going. Then he went to DuPont University where he majored in economics. Now, what he will tell you is sure his degree was helpful in you know the restaurant business and how to run a restaurant but he says that being the social director of his fraternity actually taught him as much if not more about restaurant business than his classes did he likened running a restaurant to throwing a really good party you have to prepare for the party the people at this party were not drinking for the taste yes (laughs) as he said you have to prepare for the party and it's your job once the party is going to make sure everyone's having a good time and get them what they need and you know I can't imagine he's like walking around like a frat yeah, house party. Like, yeah. does anyone, have any, does anyone need a drink? I've got some crackers. <laughs> I want some crumb brulee. <laughs> so uh, his early restaurant career saw him curating uh, and creating wine lists for an area restaurant. And he eventually earned Wine Spectator Magazine's Best Award of Excellence for four consecutive years from 1988 Never got that coveted Master of Taste no, Award. <laughs> never will, either. <laughs> Looks like it. And so from that, he was brought in to become the general manager of California Grill. Now the last person and that I was nineteen ninety one. Yeah, the last time he got the award, he was okay. brought in for the opening in ninety um, four. Well, brought in for yeah. The last person I want to talk about, who's I think has a fascinating story. Her name is Yoshi Cabral. Yoshi was the sushi chef at California Girlfriend's oh, opening. Oh, she's famous. Yeah, she was considered like one of the top in the world. Very interesting story. In 1967, when she was 18 years old, she decided she wanted to become a sushi chef. She'd been cooking at home for her family since she was about eight. When I was 18, I decided I wanted to live with my parents for a few more years. (laughs) A few. (laughs) Now, she had kind of an issue. Usually in Japan, a sushi chef wannabe would kind of apprentice under a master chef, work with him in the kitchen, learn directly from him until that they were deemed to be a master themselves and they could go do their own thing. I witnessed this very firsthand when I went to Morimoto's and sat at the sushi bar. There was like the old guy who you could tell was like the sushi chef and the two younger guys. I mean, they hung on his elbows and watched his every move like hawks and just like the awe in their face. Like he'd make a roll and they were just like staring with their mouths agape. Like, they can't believe that he's how he's doing this. And I need to remember this. Like it's pretty intense. Now, the problem she ran into, she went to all these chefs asking, you know, I, I, I cook, I can do this, I want to I wanna work under you. And she's told, no, no, no. Why do you think she's told no? I can't. Uh, can't you I, said she. I, I can't tell that. It's because she wasn't a master of taste. No. <laughs> she was a she, as yeah. Chris said. Boo, uh, Japan. Sushi chefs well, can only be men, they would say. 
Now, the very lame reason that a lot of the uh, old guys would give, ready for this? Women cannot be sushi chefs because their hands are too warm and change the temperature and texture of the raw fish as they handle it. My goodness. Like, this is hmm. the, you know, old school yeah, wow. misogynist mind point that they had about this. And Woof. Obviously, she did not agree with that. And what do you know? It was not true. <laughs> so she did what she could. She read books about sushi. That, reminds, she, that, that just reminds me of that part in uh, Amist, not Amistad, in Amadeus, where uh, where like that where the king is like trying to bring down Mozart, but being like, "Oh yes, the marriage of Figaro was pretty good, but it had too many notes. Your I've hands are Amadeus, too Michael, your hands sorry. are too warm. You can't make this. It's all about rejection. Someone got and that. How you take it? Someone really enjoyed that one. <laughs> Your kids are going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys aren't ready for that yet. Uh, so, yeah, she, she read about sushi. She went to sushi restaurants and just observed as she could from the other side of the bar. So she kind of went on and, and developed her own style of sushi from what she could, could learn and, and observe. And she called it kind of a comfort food version of sushi. The fish and vegetables were treated much more as an ingredient. The rice is more of an accent as opposed to a filler that you see in a more typical sushi roll. I know you guys love sushi, so stay with You're me. You're the sushi here. guy here. I probably eat more sushi than Chris is at this point. But I, mean, I like sweet potato sushi. That's, that's not it. sushi. I've had that. That doesn't count. I just don't like fish. Chris, when they put a fruit roll up on it, that's not sushi. I said sweet potato, all right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing she did that was very unique is she would use fruit in her sushi, things like strawberries yeah. and mangoes. and so Very non-traditional. See, but I do that. But it's still had fish. It still would have fish. Dang it. There's got to be fish in there somewhere. So she meets her husband, Frank, in 1969. What do you think the, a guy named Frank? Is he from Japan, Mike? No. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Mike uh, and I have been um, having a few. Yeah, no, no, we're fine. So 1969, that was um, not too far away from World War II still. So her family was oh, wow. not into the idea of yeah. her dating an American, like, at all. Um, they basically kicked her out of the house. Uh, you know, oh, it, was no. just, it was just too close, and that was just a bridge too far for them. Uh, so they moved to Central Florida, started a family, had three kids, and she gets a job as a line cook at Disney's Old Key West Resort, and that's really? how she wow. ended up at Disney. Just just needed a restaurant job, but still, she wanted to become a sushi chef. She continued working at her home. Her husband fully supported her dream. So, like, it's kind of cool to like hear that, you know. So she's you know working at, at the resort, and she catches wind of this California grill concept that's going to be opening soon. So she finds Chef Cliff and basically begs him and says, like, look, you need to have sushi on your menu. It's it's very trendy in California. We get a ton of Japanese tourists in this area. It'll work and it'll make sense. And for three months, she just pastors him about it till he finally is like, fine. And she she said basically, like, you know, he won't say this or I haven't seen him say it anyway. She's pretty sure he was just going to like, okay, fine. For one night, you can make sushi, and then we'll tell you it didn't work, and off you go. What do you know? She does a sushi sampler on the menu, and just massive hit. Everyone loves it. Orders pour in. And that was it. She was was the sushi chef at California Grill. Just went out there and did it. So we're going to pause from the show. Oh, because yes. here we go. Oh no, I haven't finished my the moment we've all been waiting for. So <laughs> I went out to the grocery store on the way over tonight, pulled up the current wine list at California Grill, and just to see if anything in our grocery store matched the list, I did find a wine from a place in Sonoma Coast called La Crema. This is their 2017 Pinot Noir. Now the a menu lists a 2016. <laughs> it didn't say what it was. I assume it's a Pinot as well. So this is as close as we can get to a wine that is currently being served at the California Grill. Hang on, we got to get the the cork pop. I wonder, in like 20, 30 years, when you have a wine that's from twenty twenty, if pe- just like there these weird memories are going to come back. Yeah, like, we no, don't drink, we don't drink wine from that year. <laughs> this is just so, for the, this is just for the taste now. No effects, Chris. Let me yeah. uh, put my beer away. <laughs> I now I enjoy the the occasional glass of wine, but I don't know. I do too, but not everything I know wine. about wine comes from the movie Sideways. Really, oh, don't so. get me started. Gosh, don't even. Got the greatest picture. I, I am not the biggest wine drinker in the world. I, I'll admit it, but I like ice wine and certain white wines. Well, that's just juice. You gave me way <laughs> too much. 
I'll drink what you can because I don't right. have a good way of getting this home. <laughs> In I this realize. amazing, were these from Burger King? Yes, the Lord Burger, of the Rings goblets. Burger King, Lord of the Rings goblets. Yes. <laughs> I should mention <laughs> while we're on the subject of alcohol on the show that we do as a family friendly podcast. That's good. Um, we did make the Monorail Yellow cocktail. That was amazing. Uh, that was apparently served all over the Contemporary Resort in the 70s and 80s. And it's made a comeback. You can get it again. It's basically a pina colada, but a little more orange forward. It was phenomenal. Mike didn't like it. Not, it I, don't like best. Pi- I don't like pina coladas. But Chris and I very yes. much enjoyed it. Oh, uh, it we got that recipe from Hal Bauer's uh, uh, Liquid Luau YouTube channel that, that was, we talked about the, before. What was the blue drink you made for us? Uh, a few months ago. The Blue Blizzard. Oh, the Blue Blizzard. That, that was, that, that was kind of a that. tweak of my own. Oh, yeah, like that, was, that was good. All right, let's try this. Let's All right, guys. All right. Cheers. Salute. Hey. All right, to Yoshi. Oh, okay. that's nice. What hints are you getting there? Wine <laughs> on the front end. <laughs> then it melts out into a kind of wine flavor. <laughs> Did you swirl I mean, it? Did you spit it out? Yeah, you guys, you, you don't spit it out. That's you if just, you're taste. That's if that's you're, you're tasting. You're not, you don't want to get... That, that, that is truly only for the taste. But we're not masters of taste. We can swallow. <laughs> it's very good. I mean, I do like Pinot Noir, good. so this is kind of like my I, kind of I wine. Do, I'm not a big sweet person in yeah, general. Yeah, this is like a semi-dry, semi yeah, I don't know what you'd call it. I could uh, drink this. Yeah, I'm It's enjoy, not quite I'm church wine. It's, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a California, and the, the label was considered good enough to be at the California Grill, so that's good enough for me. There you go. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the experience of going to the California Grill in 1995. We mentioned several times that the restaurant is on the top of the resort, 15th floor, but the check-in desk for the restaurant is actually on the second floor. And more confusingly, when you come into the lobby, you're on the third floor? The lobby's the fourth. Or no, lobby's... No, the Grand Canyon Concourse is the fourth, fourth. floor. What's the lobby? Lobby's still the first, and you, you take go... the escalators up. You go up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the lobby's first floor. You go up. I just think you go down. Yeah, I mix myself up. And the third up. floor is like that weird shorter floor. Yeah, that's that like, no yeah, that you never really go to. Okay, so yes. So you, yeah, you'd come into the lobby and you go up or you get the monorail. You go down. That really long escalator right by the outer rim. That's where I was mixing myself up. Right at the base of that escalator by the outer rim is where the check-in desk is. So you go in, you give your name, or if you don't have a reservation, uh, there is a lounge and bar that is first come, first serve. You just ask if there's availability and they'll let you in if there is. Uh, they take you to a private elevator that is there just for the uh, the restaurant, and up you go to the 15th floor. Uh, when you come out in the lobby area there, there's uh, where you can see all the wines, uh, also where the restrooms are, good to know, and you're taken to your table. So the thing that makes this restaurant so incredible is the the view, and the, the whole uh, restaurant faces out towards the Seven Seas Lagoon and Magic Kingdom, Big open windows everywhere you look that just gives this incredible panorama. That, that's what they say in the monorail spiel. Panoramic views of the seven seas. <laughs> that's the first time I heard the word no. panoramic. <laughs> uh, they also have two observation decks off each, each side of the restaurant. The side closest to the Magic Kingdom is a very incredible spot to watch the fireworks. Right. If you have a reservation at any point during the day in the restaurant, you don't have to be there during the fireworks. If you had an early five o'clock dinner, you're more than welcome to come back oh, at nine o'clock aware. or whatever. Um, you know they'll have your reservation on record. I'm surprised it doesn't get more crowded up there. I think a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, a lot yeah, of people probably also gone at that yeah, point. Yeah, but there's your pro tip: if if, if you couldn't get that reservation for that fireworks, just tip. come back later. Very nice, and uh, you'll you'll get in. I don't know how good the view is. We haven't tried to watch the new fireworks show Halfway Ever After, but since it's such a castle projection show too, right? Like Wishes was great because like Wishes was incredible. The fireworks you would see because like they would almost kind of be in between the castle and space mountain so it was really nice uh yeah wishes was always awesome from mm-hmm. up there it's one of the best places to watch it really yeah so george made a very interesting push for the restaurant and it became not the first but one of the first restaurants to have over 100 wines available just by the glass typically you know you go to a restaurant you have a handful of wines you could order by the glass they're usually the cheaper things the things that'll move a little more easily and there's a big list of wines by the bottle and you're paying 50 60 100 a bottle more than that even and you drink the whole bottle um he wanted people to be able to experience different wines to be educated about wines and in doing so believed and was proved to be right that if if you gave people the opportunity to kind of get their toe a little wet they'd keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and when you say you know here's a here's a 15 20 glass as opposed to a 200 bottle you're going to get that reaction more easily. So his technique on selling the wine was, like I said, very much focused on this idea of education. Someone would come into the restaurant. They'd have their go-to. You know, I, I drink Chardonnay as a popular example. Okay, well, let's let's expand that a little bit. Let's get into something different. You like, you like uh, 
you know, a sweet white. Well, here's a Riesling from Germany, you know, different ways to introduce them. And the other thing that he did that was, you know, pretty uncommon for Disney, still feels that way. They were more than welcome to taste as much as they wanted. Just little quick pours of three, four glasses to pick the one they liked and order it. Again, he'd rather waste the three ounces of the other two than waste the five or six ounce pour of a glass that someone just didn't like. But they get something they like and then they buy four more glasses. Yeah, sure. You know, it's all kind of that that, that measure of scale. Um, just to get, again, get people into what they like and then get them to go further and further and further with it. Cause once you've got that customer who trusts your judgment and trusts the experience, as he put it, you have a customer for life. You have a lot of locals who would come into the restaurant. You have a lot of people who come back year after year and they just keep going in and building on that experience. Can, can, can you ask the server to smell the bottle cap for you? Like in the Muppet movie? <laughs> yeah. You may service please. Oh, May I? <laughs> That's one of the best scenes ever. No, that's, great. that's great. Uh, Steve Martin, we're, we're happy to have you on the show someday. Thank you for listening. Maybe next month. We'll book you in. We'll make time for you. We'll even send you some wine. We'll get him yeah. anyway. <laughs> we'll get him anyway. Where was that wine from? Like Idaho or something? Yeah, it was like sp- it was sparkling wine from Idaho. Idaho. so the other thing that again we kind of touched on this but george and his staff because they they all got wine training through a wine experience program that disney had they had the master sommeliers come into the restaurant for workshops he was very nervous about pronouncing that word i want to get this all right that's why i just wanted to say he did a very good job that was very good thank you great work um they had the freedom to order what they wanted uh, a lot of the, the the staff who were the kind of like the, the, the wine people on staff and the wait staff in the bar, I mean, they'd be trying bottles at home with their family and deciding like, what you like? But let's OK, let's order a case of this one. Like, that's how they worked. And yeah, they were I able to just rotate having, stuff in. Constantly. That job sounds like, sounds that like a rough job. Right. <laughs> great. Right. So, yeah, I mean, again, they just had a ton of autonomy at the restaurant that was not common for the time. That it really helped make it so unique. I mean, when you have such an extensive wine list that you really rotate through, um, that was key to making that happen. Now, to give you an idea of kind of where the wine fit into the experience of this restaurant, and this is from the year 2000. The year 2000. Thank you. <laughs> 33% of California Grill sales were for uh, alcoholic and beverages. And of that, 90 to 95% of it was wine. Wow. Yeah. That, that wasn't us. <laughs> and George said he that's what he wanted. He, uh, th- th- it's different now, but when he was there, there wasn't like a signature cocktail menu. They had bourbons and whiskeys and, and things like that. It was but really he wine. wanted he didn't want you to come in and, as he put it, get a kamikaze. He wants you to get a good glass of wine that's going to complement your meal, complement your experience. Well, yeah, I think that's great. And even today, like I, th- I still think of California Grill... As a wine restaurant, like when I think about wine restaurants, you think about that, like Wine Bar George, which we'll get to, and probably Gico, I know, has like that really big South well, African you, wine. Yeah, when you walk in, there's just that wall. Of yeah. Wine yeah. It's, it's really incredible. There. Yeah. Even just like aesthetic, like in the, the wine cellar is like one of the places where we used to sit at a lot, and we'll talk about that. But like, yeah, like wine is just like such a big part of the essence of that restaurant. And that was all George. So the restaurant, like I said, it just had this constantly rotating menu of, of you know, there were a couple samples. You usually find a filet on the menu, but even the accompaniments that go with that would change constantly. Uh, we tell tales to this day of the filet mignon with tamarind barbecue sauce oh, that man. remains one of the best things I've ever eaten. That was probably in like 98. Yeah, I think that was one of like the first steaks I ever had because, I mean, when we first started going here, we'll get to more, like I was pretty young. And I was still very much like a cheeseburger and chicken fingers kind of guy. Like I thought even like I was too picky for steak. Right. Back then, this was like one of the first steaks I had, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it turns out steak's pretty good." <laughs> what do you, know? <laughs> what do you know? Yeah, a flame mignon at a top tier restaurant. Yeah, turns out that's great. Tasty. <laughs> now, guys, I, like, I have to say, I looked and I looked. I wanted to find a menu for this place from 1995 so bad, and I just couldn't. It's hard to find old menus in general. We all, we all looked, and if anyone has one, please share it. I want yes, to see it now. absolutely. If you somehow have a menu for this place at any point in the 90s, I, I'd love to see it. I do know that uh, like the one thing that is there now that has apparently been there since just about opening day is that goat cheese ravioli. Yes. It's very famous. It's, it's, it's like an appetizer. It's just one big ravioli 
of goat cheese. It's got a little bit of like a tomato broth it's around got, it. Surrounded by tomato broth, it's got some truffles on it's it. Really good. I've never had it. I've, Jessica and I had it on our on our honeymoon, see, and yeah. it's really really right. good. Got, it's like I absolutely because I didn't know you know back then. I you, well, how, goat cheese. That's we scary. Did, we didn't yeah. have Disney food Still blogs. Is. We didn't know what like the big signature things were. Yeah, yeah and also goat cheese is scary. <laughs> <laughs> So again, in addition to the uh, just the, the the rotating menu, you also had Yoshi Sushi menu. Just it, it it was interesting because it was kind of the two elements combined, and you'd have the diners who would come in, order off the sushi menu, while other parts of the party ordered off the main menu. You have the high rollers who got a little of both, and it just created this incredible harmony. And what I love to hear too is there are a lot of sushi chefs who got their start under Yoshi. And then went on to cook sushi in other parts of the resort, places like around the Polynesian and things like that. So it really did bring sushi to, to Walt Disney World yeah, in a way yeah, that it you never see sushi was all there over before. the place in Disney yeah, World now. Yeah, so it's really cool that like that's the genesis of it. Really love hearing that. So what happened then in 2003? Uh, both Cliff and George were lured away as a team by Darden Restaurant Group, and uh, they actually together established Seasons 52. If you ever heard of that, uh, that's like this is the company that owns. Um, it's shuffled a bit. At the time, they owned you know Red Lobster and Olive Garden and stuff. Oh. Like that. But they wanted their fancy restaurant, and so they hired these two to create it. There's, you know, it's a chain, but it's much smaller. Uh, but they they created that. Um, I mentioned that the uh, the masters, uh, the court of master sommeliers, uh, w- would come in and do these training sessions. Now, a master sommelier is a very intense title. There's like a hundred and change of these guys in the world. Higher or lower than the Master of Taste? Higher. Probably higher. Probably higher. Lucky guys. Because you have to be a Master of Taste, Smell, Whoa, all sight. the senses. What about all the senses. Effects? Probably. <laughs> right now you're a master at this. So these guys come in, like I said, George is pretty in the wine at this point, but he's seen these guys who are like a step up from him. He's like, well, I want to do that. So he, he went through the training and everything. It's, it's you have to know you have to identify a wine blind just by taste then you have to do it just by smell oh god you have to know all the labels do you have to do it by touch next like geez, <laughs> i don't think the so. viscosity of this one but like and i actually have a friend of mine from high school who she's not a, a master sommelier by any means but she's like discovered after college that she has this incredibly sharp palate and like she has a job um Oh, it's 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 some coffee company, like a, like a global coffee thing. Where like she tastes coffee for impurities. Oh wow! Like that's what she does. For a while, she worked for Smuckers, but like this is the like the, the people who have this gift, like they can taste like this wine, and he'll tell you the the, the wood used in the barrel it was aged in, and the, oh the grape varietal, and it's the like, other fruits it's like, in it's there. Like when it's they made insane. Remy uh, the taste tester. Ex- right yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, to give you an idea, he started this journey in the late 90s when these guys came in. He became a master sommelier in 2007. So he was out of the restaurant by then when he achieved his title. Um, now, of course, George eventually would come back to Disney and uh, open his own place, Wine Bar George at Disney Springs. I've never been, been there. I hear just the most rave yeah. reviews. I was of this supposed place. to go in December. Uh, and then also, we, we pushed that trip back because of everything going on. But. Like I, I, we were watching. I was watching so many videos of this place, getting so excited for the, what, like the fire cheese. And mm-hmm. Well, what what always turned me away is that it's not. It's like there's no like dinner. It's all small portion stuff, right? Right. Which, yeah, but if it, everyone says don't let that bother you, yeah, it's like you, you, you just you'll get, get yeah. food. That's why in the back of my mind, I was always mm-hmm. like, well, someday. And and the, 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 the cool thing is, like you hear about like like a Chef Art Smith's homecoming like twice a year. Art Smith is there. George is apparently there all the time. Like That's one of awesome. the reviews of the restaurant I read doing my research, they like checked in at the podium and they're like, okay, well, we'll someone will seat you in a moment. And George was the one to like take them to their table. Wow. That's awesome. Like that, like that's like how like into it he is, which again, is just, it's so cool to hear that. Um, my friend Jeff goes with, with his wife and daughter live. Uh, they, they, like, like that's like one of their absolute go-tos now to the point now where like George like knows who they are, loves live. <laughs> like she's, she's uh six or eight, I think. Like, like, it just sounds so cool. It's crazy. So I, I want to go there. It, it, it's That's a place. Great. Yeah, you don't hear anybody say anything bad about Wine Bar George right now. Mm-hmm. Now, can you go there and order a beer? Will he be offended? 
I don't even know don't if they, have, they beer. have beer. They wow. may not. I, I, I tell you what, if you go to Wine Bar George, get a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> if you're drinking <laughs> this right now, he, he'll find you something yeah. you like. Get a glass <laughs> of wine or water. Because <laughs> again, it goes back to what I talked about with him, him at California Grill. He, he, he will work with you to find something you like. I don't need the rest of the staff too. You tell them basically where, where you are, what you enjoy, do you like sweet, dry, whatever, and they'll, they'll take it from there. And they'll let you try things and find what you like. So the California Grill kind of operated as it was even after they left for a number of years. And then it was announced that the restaurant would close for a major refurbishment on February 1st, 2013. And this is the time that Yoshi took the opportunity to retire. She'd been there since it opened in 1995. She'd been at Disney even longer than that. It was time for her. Uh, sushi making is a very intense job because you're lifting these big pots of rice. You're on your feet constantly. It's fine work with your hands. You know, it's, it, That's part of the reason why they think women couldn't do it. Uh, so, yeah, she decided this was a good time to uh, to cut and run. So they went down for uh, the refurbishment, reopened uh, on September 8th of 2013. So not very long time at all. Um, nothing crazy change-wise. They refreshed the decor, new carpet, new furniture. Uh, honestly, the biggest change is so the, the windows before used to go from the ceiling to about two feet off the floor. Uh, they kind of knocked out that bottom, and now it is full oh, floor to ceiling windows when you go there now. So it's even a, it's really incredible. It just looks so cool. Yeah, now that you say that, I remember sitting on like little window stills. Yeah, yeah. There's like a little ledge kind of yeah. right mm-hmm. there. Yes. Now it's just it's just all window. You can see there's like one crossbar where that ledge was. Yeah. It's, so it's two pieces of glass. But yeah, it's it's pretty rad. Now, did you did you ever eat sushi when with Yoshi there? Well, as we well, I guess to the of our, part of the show called our memories. Yes. Uh, so let's 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 go back further before I get to that. Yeah. That's kind of that, that's like probably the last time we were there before the refurbishment. I think actually. Uh, so we mentioned I don't know when exactly our first trip here was, but it was fairly early oh, on. It would have been ninety six, ninety seven is when I would have guessed. Be my guess too. I was probably like a ten. And or I can still remember what I ate that day. That like guys, the whole meal. It was the filet mignon with the tamarind barbecue sauce. The dessert I had, they had a, a, a I think it was a chocolate souffle on the menu. And I never had a souffle before. Oh, is this the, I remember this. Yes, time. but was then it, the waiter explained they had. Because we were in the wine had, room, right? They, yeah, we were, we were right next to it. Yeah, because we were, if you were facing the windows, we were to the left. I, I remember where we sat. Like, it's so vivid in my head. He explained they had a dessert where they took a banana souffle. They made them all that morning. And the thing with the souffle that you don't want it to do, you don't want it to fall. It's like a puffy egg pastry. They let them fall on purpose and then chilled them and served it like that. I don't know what that was supposed to do to it, but he like the way he described this process, and I was like, okay, bananas. I was like, like, sure, I'll have that. It was incredible. I mean, I remember it to this day. That was what? 23 years ago? Yeah, I remember because I got a chocolate souffle, and before then, souffle was something in, like, Looney Tunes. No, you know? we knew what a souffle was because that one episode of Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers with Flash oh, the Wonder gosh. Dog, where yeah. they were running through the TV Fair. sets, and he said, today right. we are making the souffle. <laughs> now, the souffle must be done that's right, or it will be crash, smash, a disaster. <laughs> Still remember we're, that. We're right? back to the last episode. See that? Like, See that? Left you. A couple episodes ago. Yeah. I do not remember the first. See, time. I remember because I remember like I never had a souffle, and that was back when I liked chocolate, and I was just I absolutely loved that. It was so it was fun too because it was this giant puffy like chocolate cake. thing. Yeah, yeah. And, like I even then like I knew souffle was fancy. Yes, <laughs> yes. yeah, all those a lot of them blend together for me in the early years. But now what made this restaurant so cool? Now. And I did kind of gloss over this. I, I skipped it and forgot to come back to it. They have what's called an open stage kitchen, which again at the time they opened was fairly unique. But you can see the entire kitchen. Like, nothing's hidden from you as, as you're there. You, you know, you see every aspect of the meal being cooked, the big uh, wood fire, uh, uh, fired ovens in the back. Yeah, they have a pizza. I mean, the whole thing's just there to, there to one, see. One time that was awkward for me. Oh, yeah? When we, the first, when I discovered the Sunday brunch that they had, mm. which I didn't know for years, my wife and I did the, uh, the Star Wars half marathon. Mm-hmm. And right after, we went to the brunch and... We were, you know, exhausted, and it was the greatest thing I've ever witnessed—a California girl brunch. But the like the head chef and one of the other chefs were just like yelling at each other. It was very bizarre. <laughs> so I guess an open c- kitchen concept can sometimes backfire. It has its risk because I mean, should, you know, cooks yeah. in the kitchen are kind of hot. I'm sure that's extremely rare at a place like that. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're kind of on notice. Like yeah. everyone can see you. This is Disney World. Yeah. But by the way, that Sunday brunch. Oh man. Well. <laughs> 
incredible. We did the Sunday brunch when we went for before our dad got remarried. I hated it. It was incredible, but the problem is we went the morning after I, we did a late night meal at homecoming. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't its fault, but so that, that meal I had the night before at Art Smith's homecoming at Disney Springs was probably the most full I have ever been. Then it was in like, my and, life. That, and that was a late dinner. We ate like ten o'clock that night. Yeah. Then it's like up at eleven o'clock. All right, guys, brunch. Not <laughs> hungry one bit. AJ and I got it. We got it down. Oh, I had a hanger steak. I had all you can eat sushi. It was great. Okay, let me talk about the sushi. Um, Again, growing up, the idea of raw fish was the most disgusting thing you could ever imagine. And it wasn't until I was in grad school in 2010 and went on spring break with some friends that we ended up at a restaurant and everyone was ordering sushi. And like, AJ, you, you have to try it. Just try it. I'm like, okay, fine. So it was just like a basic tuna roll. I picked this thing up, put it in my mouth, and I was like, why is this so good? Like, it was, I, I was flabbergasted how much I liked it. Like, I devoured like two rolls of tuna that night. It was incredible. So we, Went on a trip. I don't, I'm not, it must have been like 2012-ish, I would say. Yeah, not too long ago. Yeah, well, because it was before the refurbishment. And I, word kind of was getting around of, the, you know, Chef Yoshi. I'd heard before she was one of the top three sushi chefs in the world. I don't know like what that what the truth of that was. She was good at making sushi is like what I knew. Master of sushi tape. And you, the four of you are all like disgusting. Raw fish. We're Minatis. We don't eat that. Yeah, Give us true. a steak. That's medium right. butterflied. <laughs> that's our dad. Okay, that's our dad's influence. The whole butterfly uh, medium, medium, medium well. well thing. Yeah, I don't do that no more. <laughs> don't judge me. So you know, you guys order your steaks, and it comes around to me, and I'm looking at this sushi man. Cause I'm like, okay, I've got to get sushi from this woman because apparently it's supposed to be amazing. I'm just getting into it, and I got the sampler, which apparently that's the thing. Based on my research, I think that's the thing that she started the restaurant. With. So this has a little bit of everything. It had you know tuna roll, a salmon roll, eel. By the way. Eel is delicious. I know you two don't believe me, but eel, eel is so eel. good. I, be- I believe you, but don't care anyways. <laughs> you know, crab and tempura shrimp and just the whole thing. And you guys were sitting there eating your steaks. That I'm sure were delicious. And I just had this giant plate of like every kind of sushi you can imagine. And the we, like, is we too, felt bad for you. Yeah, dad like, well, you know, here's our dad's flavor reference. My sushi platter cost half of what the steak cost. So he thought like I was cheating myself somehow. And I'm just like, crying as i'm eating this thing it's so good you guys are like oh you're a fool this steak is delicious look at look i'm sure it is i've eaten a lot of steak i've never eaten anything like this and probably never will again it turns out so yeah, very glad right i call. did it when i did because like i said like a year later she retired the so right i kind of snuck indeed. in there and it was oh my god it was so now, good this was where we had the uh the food this just made me hungry yeah today. so a very uh, uh, still talked about the so this is where we learned the lesson if you go to disney on a holiday which i don't recommend in general but if you go on an actual holiday, don't plan to eat a good meal on the holiday itself. Most of the restaurants, especially the signatures, will have a limited menu. It'll be so crowded. It's super crowded. They're just they're, they're just concerned about volume that day. So we were at the California Grill. It was, it was Thanksgiving. Easter. I, I thought it was Easter. Easter. You're right. Yes. Thank you. Easter. And it was there were two things on the menu. Prime rib and turkey. <laughs> like, that's all it was. And we all ordered. You guys were like... 12 and 11, I think, at the time. Yeah, 13, 12, so right there, something yeah. like that. Yeah, young, youngish. Yeah, and let's be honest with ourselves. We were, we were, we were stout lads. We, we, we wore husky jeans. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so here's you guys order at the table, you know, off fried rib, off turkey. And our waiter, without asking, just assume, oh, the child's portions for these two. <laughs> Wrong decision. <laughs> Out comes these tight, like, two little slices of roast turkey breast. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was. You know, I had my. I had my turkey. It was good. Nothing wrong with it. Again, it's just like it's just kind of boring, I yeah. guess, for for where you are. You know. Yeah. I mean, and, we've had the fillet with the. Yeah, like I know what you got. So we had expectations <laughs> that did not get. So you met. guys eat like this, like four ounce portion of turkey and some mashed potatoes. And which one are you said? Me. Chris just. We finished the meal. Dad pays the check, and I'm sure it was like exorbitantly <laughs> expensive. And Chris just looks at her dad and goes. This food just made me more hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so we had like that was hilarious. We, oh yeah, because we, we were going to the Magic Kingdom after after we ate, and so we had to like get into the park and find food for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Man, I tell you what, I could eat back then too. Yeah. I remember that was back. That was when uh, McDonald's had the quadruple cheeseburger. The big and mighty. Yeah, that was, that was the Hercules promotion. The Hercules. Hercules I get one of those and then go ask ask her mom to get a second, and she would look at me concerned, and I'd be like, "What's the big deal? <laughs> I'm still hungry." <laughs> now, but she must have thought I was just gonna kill over. Yeah. 
So yeah, don't don't go to the restaurants on holidays. Yeah, that that's still brought up quite often. I, I think California Grill is also one of the first places where we got our uh, our, our one of the, um, like the cheese platters. Yes, yes, a charcuterie. Which, well, yeah, well, back, that was back then, I feel like we never called it a charcuterie board, which everyone does now. Well, they still call back it cheese plates. Yeah, and... back then it was just like a cheese plate, but yeah. you get the little the, all the different cheeses and you get the little accoutrements. Like and, well, and there was and a card that had the 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 description right. of the cheeses and the accompaniment. So I like just, we 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 did the, the five of us went around the board. We had so much. That's what it, it's that just so fun. much fun. But, yeah, we but, took our time with it. I read everything aloud. Yeah, we and, all talked about it. Yeah, yeah, that was very that's fun. That's what's fun very about that. Fun. Yeah, it's, someone becomes this conversation piece, mm-hmm. and you know, exactly. plus you're in you're in that restaurant. You had the amazing views. And um, again, like I know you're at Disney World, but think when you live at this restaurant or any of the restaurants of this caliber, take your time. So, yeah, talk to the waiter. Two hours. Talk to at the least. staff. Have fun. Yeah, like make it a good yeah. experience. Now, would you say that it's much preferable to be there at nighttime at the California Grill so that you're there for fireworks, or just for that nighttime in general? Well, like I said, you can you can go to the fireworks wherever you want, but. There is something cool about if you time it just right, you get there, you sit down, you get a drink, you order your meal, and then you go outside, watch the fireworks, you come in, your first course is there for you, and you just you and just we, enjoy all, the we always seem to be lucky with that. Every time it worked yeah. out oh, perfect. I mean, four oh seven WWDINE. I'd be calling them and I'd be like, "What time are the fireworks? Okay, good. Let's get us in there for a half hour before, and the timing should work out." Well, and that's kind of a. You know, that's where we, when we always ate was nighttime because it took years to figure out about the brunch when it had been around. No, for the so brunch, long. so the brunch, the brunch was, was part, part of their renovation. It was part of Top of the World. Top of the World had the, the Sunday brunch. Okay. It went away with California Grill. They, the brunch, it, I don't even think it came with the renovations. I think it came a little bit after. Um, oh, I didn't know. Uh, when I you mean, went, when become, you went, it was, was pretty it early days. New? Yeah, yeah. Trunks really? has become yeah. a brand, uh, trendy thing in general recently. Yeah. That, that's something I, when people ask me, like friends, you know, coworkers, whatever, I try and say, if you can, go to the Sunday brunch. Yeah, it's hard because you, you have to squeeze it into that Sunday. It's only Sunday. It is hard not going at nighttime, but. And I guess we should explain a little further because it is, it, there's a menu that you ordered some of the bigger courses from, but it's still all you can eat. Like you, if you ordered hanger steak, you know, like that was good. I'll have another, <laughs> no problem. But then there's also a cold buffet and a sushi buffet. So it's pretty oh, good. It'll hit everything. That is want. where I had my last like giant bite of sushi. Like I try it mm-hmm. to be fair. I I'm, not, try like, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to say sushi's bad. I understand. I just don't get it. And sadly, there's not really anywhere great to get it. In Yonks, I know. Well, Sawa. Sawa. That's about that's it. That's what we got. We yeah, got that's Sawa. About that's it. where I had my sweet potato sushi. Brother. <laughs> now, sweet potato So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the kind of legacy that this restaurant carries forward. Like, What what other experiences do you think owe a lot to, to California Grill that you enjoy at, at Disney today? I think you hit it pretty good with as far as like conversing during like the meal that you're actually eating, mm-hmm. especially with that charcuterie board, the cheese plate. For us, that was kind of like our first time where we did just dive into like, hey, what are we eating? Let's talk about it and kind of make it like a family event that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, at the time I went here, this was probably like one of the fa- like you know fanciest restaurants I've ever been to. Like in you know Youngstown, like going to Red Lobster is a big deal, right? <laughs> it used to be. Yes. Suddenly, <laughs> like you know, and I think that I think even very early on, despite being picky uh, like I was and Chris a little bit, AJ not very much. But we we always we, we like took to it. We enjoyed that experience mm-hmm. of sitting down there, even at a young age. And I think well, this is about parents, the time we started liking Epcot more. Yeah. Like well, I think our parents knew that, that too. The and that's really why. captivated us initially, mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. And I think our parents knew that. Like they realized that we liked that. So that's why we started doing a lot of these things. And even now, like yeah, that's what we really look for. Like that's the most fun part about playing the trip is figuring out where you're going to eat at each day. And everyone gets like, even like our wives now, like, hey, what what do you pick? What do you right. want? It's everyone like gets to like, pick their day. It's like, oh, man, like, you know, there's all these favorites you want to go to, but there's some new places we haven't been to yeah, yet. Yeah, it's tricky. It's so, it's especially tricky. with Disney Springs now. It's so hard to pick those new exactly. restaurants. Exactly, exactly. Uh, my, my question is, do you think California Grill is the best restaurant on the Seven Seas Lagoon? Ooh. I mean, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm still a Narcoosie's boy. I'm kind of a Narcoosie's fan I'm, boy. I'm California Girl, 100%. I mean, it's very, now, let's, very close. Let's say Victorian Albert doesn't count. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. It's, yeah, it's very, well, very close it, to For me, sure. it's just because I don't like seafood, so that's obvious, but... Oh, that surf and turf at Narcoosie's. I mean, we've had some great Narcoosie memories as well. Oh, yeah. yeah Especially but, with, with, again, the fireworks on the, on the dock and... In the uh, the light show, the um, I mean, I always yeah, felt the, the pageant. Because yeah. often we'd be staying at, at a monorail resort, and and 
it was we, it seemed like we always did like one of the restaurants early in the trip and the other one late between yeah. California and those two though. Yeah. Yeah, for I mean those are certainly our two most visited. Yeah, along with like yachtsman restaurants. Yeah, yeah yachtsman oh. now. Well, we we stayed at um, Beach Club so much now that yacht yeah. Beach now, Club and Yacht Club. There, there are two restaurants that I feel are very influenced by California. Is Jico one of them? Jico is one of them. Ah, you talk about wine experience. We mentioned this earlier on. Um, Obviously, the cuisine's very different. We we went to Jico one time and it was fantastic. Was that it, when it was it, that it, when it was like ten o'clock at night? It was it was like nine o'clock. Like, your wife was like falling asleep. We both we passed out on each other. But yeah, um, that's why I had Brussels. Yeah, my wife had the vegetarian dish and she loved it. Absolutely loved it. And uh, again, you talk about just kind of like the the, the the focus on wine and the pairing with fresh foods. Definitely cut from that same cloth, experientially speaking. The other restaurant that. Clearly owes a lot to this place is Napa Rose. I was about to say Napa Grand Californian, which feels very much like a sister restaurant. You know, it's got the stage kitchen. Uh, instead of you know open windows views of the lagoon, you have open windows views of California uh, Grand Ca- California Adventure. That's I got it. This that's wine, where this I have wine's my, good, by the way. That's where I have my favorite picture of you. That the Darkwing Duck shirt. With the eight bit Darkwing Duck shirt. Right, right during your sideways phase. Of trying to oh, yeah, get right. into He's wine. Oh, He's doing the tasting of the wine. Oh God! <laughs> and the guy's trying to be all nice and polite, and it was very you're funny. wearing it. Actually, Dad and I had a phenomenal shirt. experience there. Um, the first time he and I went to Disneyland together, um, I, I, I forget if we didn't have reservation or or if it was like we were a little early, and they were basically like, well, you know, you could, you could wait about twenty minutes for a table, but if you if you're okay with it, like this is a bad thing. Uh, I could see you guys at the at the dessert chef's bar, and we're like, okay, sure, oh, heck yeah. And it's just like on the side of the kitchen is where the guy making all the desserts was set up, and he had like just like four little seats on a bar by him. And this guy was incredible. I mean, he's cranking out dishes. He's got tickets lined up, but he's talking to us the whole time, like just the incredible conversation. Like just he was so interesting, very down to earth. Talked about the food, was checking in on us if we needed drinks and stuff. Like he wasn't Man. getting the drinks, but he'd like flag someone down for Sounds us. Incredible. <laughs> and then at the end of the meal, it's when it's time fuzzies. for dessert, and like I said, he had like twenty tickets. He just stopped what he was doing, turned to us and said, "What can I make you guys?" Man, and just right there, like like uh, you know, I don't remember. I wish I remember what I ordered now, but he just like, I was like, you know, I'll have the. You remember when you had in I know, right? Okay, cool. And he just, it was, I want to say it was like a creme brulee with berries or something like that. He just made it, I torched it, and handed wow, it to me. That'd be so- and then at the end, you know, we pay the check and everything. He comes around the corner. Here, guys, this is for you. And it was like a little box of like tr- truffles and candies and stuff that he made like, earlier in like the day. You're his Valentine. Oh my god, <laughs> incredible! Absolutely incredible. Like one of the best. I love ever. you. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a, that's a good. There's what? a little. There's a little note card with some lipstick on. It. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> That's, that's name wait a minute, need. wait a minute. It's strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh what's that wine uh, kind of themed restaurant inside of California Adventure? Oh, um we've never Jessica been there. and I went there when we It went looks to like Disney a vineyard. Yeah. Yes. I think uh, it's, it's, be... it's got an Italian name yeah, to I, it. Oh yeah, Tricotta Tricotta or something like that. But I, I actually went there because of um one of the first uh, press events I went to as a video game journalist back when that Epic Mickey game was coming out for the Wii. Uh, Epic Mickey. This was my first big trip, but uh, our dinner that night was at that restaurant. It was very Was that fun. your Trontini trip? That was the Trontini <laughs> trip. Trontini. I think I told the Trontini yeah, so. story before, but well, that was it. Okay, so if somebody came to you and said, I'm going to Disney World, we can go to one, like in all of Disney World, one signature restaurant. Would it be California Girl I'll say still, this. just for the fireworks experience? I'll, 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 I'll say this, and I think a lot of people agree. The California Grill is still very good. It's not quite what it used to be. After I, the refurb? I, I do agree with that Yoshi a little bit. You know, Yoshi was gone. The sushi, it's still there. It's still kind of... I don't want to knock it It's her it legacy. Much. It's not the same. It's, it's not exactly it's the same. It's still, you're not, I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed. But no, but it's, it's not, not It's not like the like top three in the world or whatever it was, right? I would ask them, you know, how big's your party? What does everyone like? Does everyone like seafood? Go to Narcusi's. Does everyone want steak? Go, go to Yachtsman. Do you want sushi? Go to Morimoto's. Do you want a little bit of everything? Does someone like sushi? Does someone want seafood? Does someone like steak? Does someone like pasta? Do you want... And then the other thing, too, is is watching the fireworks tonight a big deal? That's when you go to California Grill. Yeah, th- California Grill kids, is, the, is just the quintessential yeah. crowd pleaser. And I think if, you're, if wine is your thing... It's that or right. G so, so, like for me, like there's so many places now, and in, in, in new places, um, like, uh, those a couple of new restaurants that open to those new towers and things like that that I want to try. 
that I don't necessarily feel like I need to rush back to California right now. But if you had never been there, it's hard to like, you know, the person's willing to spend the money and everything. Obviously, it's hard to not yeah, be like, yeah. you're not going to not like it. Right. It's great. It it's does like, not suck. It's like, I mean, when you say Disney signature restaurant, California Grill is still the first thing that pops into my mind. It's For pretty sure. quintessential. For sure. And like I said, so, so much of, of enjoying your time there. Is is indulging in the experience, like I said. Yeah, take your if, time. If, you're, if your waiter isn't one of the sommeliers on staff, ask to talk to them. They'll bring them to you very happily, or find someone who's a wine person and have a conversation. Find out what you like. Try something. Get a glass of wine. Get an appetizer. Get the cheese board. Get get a cocktail. Get it all. I'll say this: if you're gonna Throw go the there, like go for it. Yeah. Don't go there and then Look, fret over the fifty. Two credits steak. on the dining plan. Like, it is what get, it is. Get the food you want and spend some money on some wine. Right. Like you know, yeah, you go, do it right. Go there for a special occasion, or because you know it's your it's your big trip, Watch it's your first fireworks. time there. And go on the other side too, and just look at the views of the. Yeah, rest you can, yeah, you can see up caught in the distance. It's a beautiful view of just seven. That's something else again. we hadn't done forever. We just never went on the other side. Yeah, and we were looking out like, wow, this is great. Oh, this is here too. <laughs> There's two of these. There's two. <laughs> Who knew? There's that sweet spot, man, when you can go to the uh, the uh, Fiesta Fun Center and California Girl, oh, whatever it was what called. What a time to be alive. Memories. Man, that, yeah, we never went to Wave, is it called? Yeah. No, I've never been to Wave Part, Flavors. Partly because I I don't even think it's true, but I thought that it was a vegan restaurant. No, like I think like it was on the menu, yeah. and they may have pushed it a little I, too hard. part of it is just that I'm bitter because it... Replaced. That should be the. That should, should be, be where I'm playing Virtue Race. That's that on it. Replaced the greatest arcade in hotel history. Right. Is uh, is Calf is um contemporary your favorite resort? Nah. Yes. On the monorail. But, like we were watching videos earlier, and I still just watching the videos. Just you get that feeling when you're going up those escalators. You That's do. In that but lobby. if I had to pick between the three, gun to head right now, I'd say Polynesian. So what's funny? Yeah. But in general, like I mean, on family history. I mean, we were Grand Floridian people. See, I, we were both. We had different times, I guess, because well, we started going to contemporary. We used to go contemporary a lot because I used to push for it because right. as a kid, it was my favorite. And we had a saying in the family when when we were kids: if Mikey ain't happy, nobody's happy. When we were kids, when <laughs> I tell you what, what a, now it's we, you know, if I you ain't happy or something. I'm a Polynesian guy now. I have the sign hanging See, in my house. I know. I mean, I love it, but of the three, that's. I my, mean, look, you're not going to go wrong either way, but like Polynesian Grand Floridian contemporary. That's kind of where I am, Mikey. Yeah, and it's yeah, weird. I'm like, I'm again nothing against the. You know what it is. That the Grand Canyon Concourse just isn't what it used to be in general. Those those shops are well, kind the, of oddly placed on there. The shops the seem like they're good. still temporary. No Concourse Steakhouse. Yeah, that hurts. I can't abide the that. The Mickey Stickies? No they're Mickey gone. Stickies. <laughs> which, gone. to be clear, were cinnamon rolls. Or whatever. Yes. <laughs> they were extra sticky, though. <laughs> they were pretty sticky Mickeys. <laughs> Thanks to Mickey. Thank you, Mickey. But, yeah, I, I still love the contemporary. But, like, you know... It's almost kind of interesting that Polynesian is getting this big refurb right now where maybe contemporary could use one. Well, they, didn't they have their rooms redone not too long ago? I mean, the it's rooms, the yes, lobby, but right? I'm not talking about, like, the, yeah, the lobby. It's lobbying the exterior. That, that's even, again, again, more well, so again the lobby was redone. The Grand Calvary. That was, man, remember that old lobby? Gosh, with the, right, with the, the really Mickey Fantasia statues gone. Yeah, yeah. Early 2010s. Well, even the old Polynesian, I used to, I missed that giant, like, the waterfall. That, that's waterfall what I mean. Thing. And they replaced it with no, that Polynesian. cartoony uh, tiki That Maui gun. figure or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. He's fine. Too curt- He's okay. AJ, anything else about California Grill? Well, I sure hope not. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I, trying to find the story of this place, I, I really like that's the, the, the kind of trio of, of Cliff, George, and Yoshi. I thought that was a really good cornerstone of, of how to tell the story of this That's restaurant. great. Bring back the Tim Ryan barbecue. Yes. We saw, they still have a filet. They do have it's oak it's grill. It's not on a bed of mashed potatoes with tamarind barbecue yeah, sauce. Yeah, they have asparagus there. We don't need that. Asparagus is pretty good. Get no <laughs> boo asparagus. Boo edge guy. I'm on vacation. <laughs> I don't need plants. Well, hey everyone. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of '90s Disney and our first uh, food episode. You know, let us know if you liked it. Let us know if there's any other restaurants from the '90s you want us to explore. Yeah, we we'll, can definitely uh, we'll talk about more restaurants for sure. Yeah, we, you might have noticed by the the ending discussion here that we're pretty into this stuff. More wine, please. <laughs> <laughs> you can wait till I'm done doing the outro. Now, okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. Guys, go to 90sDisney.com. Check out our past episodes. Subscribe for our future episodes. Like I said, last month we did our Rocket Rods episode and uh, some of our least favorite attractions around the resort. But we have all kinds of great episodes. Christmas is coming up. Good time to go check out our Muppet Christmas Carol episode. D23 was uh, pushed back a year, which means we won't get the proper Atlantis uh, anniversary Uh. panel we wanted. But uh, 
We have an Atlantis episode. We talked to Tab Murphy and Kirk Wise. Go listen to that. We have all, like we have we have a lot of episodes now. We have a legit it's back catalog at this now. point. It's exciting. Gosh, it's I'm up next, aren't I? You are up do you next, know Mike. What you do, do you know what we're gonna do, or is it well, gonna be a surprise? I think it's time to do one of my absolute all-time favorite attractions. Ooh, an attraction. Muppet Vision Whoa. 3D. I won't say 4D because they have to. But man. Muppet Vision 3D might be one of the greatest things ever it. produced on Earth. So saying it got you a little excited. And I, I, I know that a Muppet, our Muppet Christmas Carol episode from a year ago is still maybe our most it, popular It is our most popular episode so of the show. So people apparently like all like the Muppets. And uh, they're... I'm like emotional. It's the wine. I'm emotional <laughs> just thinking about that show. So that's gonna be fun it's, next it's month. It's just every aspect of that yeah. show is just but incredible. But before that, we'll have a half episode about. that is about restaurants in some way or another for Ooh, fun, a little bit good. more off the cuff. So. Yeah, we'll come with some quick service stuff. Whatever. So just just meals some, we've liked you, at Disney World. Oh, that's a good one. I saw the videos meals. of them demolishing the electric umbrella recently. Oh, how that how that hurt? You were oh. That was still during your uh, cheeseburger chicken uh, nugget phase. It drove us crazy. Electric Umbrella was a fantastic establishment. I yes. love that place. Yes. Good okay. times to be had by one and The all. caveman. Yes. <laughs> we'll tell that story on the episode. <laughs> right. there. Wait for the caveman story, everybody. And thank you for listening. Make sure to uh, find us on uh, Twitter at 90s Disney Podcast. 90s Disney Pod. I always screw this 90s up. Disney Pod. Pod. At 90s, 90s Disney Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook where we usually just post what we post on Twitter. Sorry, everyone. I'm a little sour on Facebook these days. Uh, and yeah, like uh, we'll see you guys here soon again on 90s Disney. Cool. Goodbye. Bye. Salute.